Welcome to a single serving podcast. I'm your host, Shaney Silver. I started this podcast because whenever I saw content for single women, it was about dating, how to date better, how to survive dating. And I know that we deserve more than that. So I created this podcast to change the way being single is seen, discussed, and felt. And I'm so happy to have you here with me. I hope you'll also consider joining the Facebook group for this podcast. It's become a really supportive community full of people sharing stories and encouraging one another and actually meeting up in real life too. There are three main ways that you can support this podcast. The first is simply share it, share it with someone who needs to hear it, share it with your family, share it with your friends, anybody who could use a change in perspective when it comes to being single. The second way is you can rate and review this podcast on iTunes. It takes two seconds and it's a huge deal that really helps podcasters, um, get more visibility and continue to do their work. And then the third way is you can become a patron of mine on Patreon. Patreon is a platform that helps independent creators earn money for creating the work that people enjoy. So there are multiple tiers that you can join, but my favorite one is a $5 tier that comes with an extra bonus episode of this podcast every single month. So there will be a link to it below. Check it out. And in the meantime, thank you so much for joining me. Hello and welcome to the first episode of a single serving podcast that has been recorded since the defeat of Donald Trump. Hi, how is everybody? I'm fantastic. I'm absolutely fantastic. I'm recording this for you on Sunday, November the 8th, within full view of a newspaper that says Biden beats Trump. And if that's not the kind of opening remarks you enjoy hearing on a podcast, turn this off and go listen to someone else because that's what you're fucking getting. I'm so excited. Um, I hope all of you celebrated and rejoiced yesterday. Um, and I think we have a lot more of that coming to us. I'm, I'm just elated and happy and I'm happy for all of us, all of us, literally all of us. Um, Welcome to the podcast. So because my uh, guest this week and I needed to celebrate the defeat of a tyrant, um, we didn't record a podcast for this week. Um, so this is going to be a solo episode, which is totally fine with me because I haven't done one for the full podcast audience in a very, very long time not since really the early days of this podcast. So I'm actually really excited to record a solo episode for you. Um, I have a lot of things that have been on my mind with regards to the single space lately, and I'm excited to discuss them with you. It's very rare that scheduling snafus happen with this podcast. So I have no guests to chat with you uh, or to share with you this week, but I'm recording three episodes of the podcast this coming week, which is odd. And it's also inside baseball that you don't need to know, but I feel like we're friends and I tell you everything. So it's fine. Uh, so yeah, I'm just going to talk to you as me and get into a few things that I've been meaning to discuss with you. And I'm sorry if I sound tired or slightly all over the place, but I didn't really sleep last night. And it's, I, I thought that I might as like some sort of stress release or whatever, but like for once Twitter was better than my dreams. And I really couldn't sleep because it was just, there was just so much joy and fun. And it was, it was just something that I didn't want to sleep through. So, um, yesterday was a really fun day. And today I'm going to get into, um, a few topics that I've been discussing with my Patreon patrons lately. If you're not a Patreon patron, uh, over on that platform, um, 
which is by the way, a, a platform for independent creatives to be supported by the people who consume their content. So it's a platform that I really respect because I think, um, a lot of us have, or all of us have really been trained to consume content for free. And, um, Patreon is what helps independent creators like me earn money for what they create and deliver to an audience. So I'm a very, very big fan of Patreons in general. I am a patron of several people, uh, including a, a guest that's coming up very soon. I'm a patron of hers. And, um, it's just a really great way to say thank you to the people that create the content that you love. So over on Patreon, a lot of the work that I do over there. So first of all, one of the Patreon tiers is a bonus episode of this podcast every month. It's always a solo episode. And in it, I get into a lot of what I call reframing. It's basically just taking things that occur in the single narrative, particularly for single women and changing the way that we see things, the way that we approach things and the way that we think about things in our own mind to help lift and elevate our own mood, emotions, reactions, feelings around being single. Because it's my belief that a lot of the narratives we tell ourselves and a lot of the narratives we receive about being single are pure bullshit. And I have a hard time as a person dealing with bullshit. I really don't like it. Um, God knows we've had enough of it recently. Um, so I like taking things that I don't think are fair, that I don't think makes sense and that I don't think are true and reframing them in a way that makes us think about things differently and a little deeper and helps us evaluate this single life from a different angle. Because every time I've done that, I've felt better about being single. I felt a lot happier, a lot more content, a lot more calm, a lot more confident. And I like to help other people feel better too, because why wouldn't I? It's the best work I've ever done and I love to do it. So that's what goes on on Patreon. And that's what I'm going to do in this episode here today. Um, and then also on Patreon for people who want to have more of a like live discussion on reframing. I also host a monthly group Zoom and they're so fun. I love seeing your faces. I love communicating with you and talking with you um, and getting into the topics that you want to discuss. Both the bonus podcast episode and the group Zoom are led by patrons. Like whatever they want to discuss, they email to me or DM to me and that's what we talk about. It's it's led by the audience and what matters to the audience. Um and I add a few things of my own as well, because, well, this is mine. So I, I add in things that I think are important that I want to talk about. And that's what I will be doing today. So get a cup of tea, perhaps some comfy pants, settle in, um, unless you're like on a walk or something, in which case, hi. Uh, and we are going to discuss some things that have been on my mind lately. Okay. So the first thing that I want to talk to you about is a term that I call window shopping. Uh, window shopping is that thing where a person you've been on a couple of dates with, maybe one date with, maybe no dates with, maybe just texted with a bunch or messaged on online dating, whatever. However it happened, you started following each other on social media, be it Instagram, Twitter, whatever it is. And that person likes your content, watches your Instagram stories, is just kind of like a passive consumer of you. That's what I call window shopping. Um, I hate window shopping. It uh, irritates the piss out of me. And I'll tell you why. Um, I don't think that someone you were interested in, someone I was interested in, uh, that didn't that that didn't turn into something real. Anytime that 
you wanted something real to happen and it didn't, but that person still has access to you via social media. That makes me angry. And it, it makes me feel uncomfortable because I feel like that person has access to you that they don't deserve, that doesn't belong to them. Um, you know, you know this, we've all been there. I've certainly been there. You have just these sort of hangers on that really don't have any place in your life. They don't have anything to do with you anymore. They just watch all your shit or like all your shit. And that's it. That's a window shopper. And I don't like window shopping. I think people can either be in our lives or not. And, um, somebody that just had sort of like a, a passive mild interest that turned into nothing. I don't think they get to window shop us. I don't think that that's something that needs to be allowed. Of course, there are a lot of reasons why window shopping happens. Um, I don't know what motivates the window shopper to window shop us, but I do think I know what motivates us to allow it. And I think we allow it because attention feels good. That's just the the basics of it. And I don't say any of this in an accusatory tone, by the way. Heaven knows I have allowed myself to be window shopped in the past. I no longer do. Um, I'm very, I am a quick blocker. <laughs> I will instantaneously block people. I'm very quick to um, prevent people from having access to me when I don't want them to have it, when I don't feel like our relationship with each other is balanced. I block people. Um, so, we allow window shopping to happen. And I use the word allow because that's what's happening, guys. Like it's, you have the ability to prevent people from window shopping you. It's whether or not you choose to utilize that block feature at your disposal or not. Um, and again, not accusing because I've been there, but I do want to not mince my words. I don't want to like delicately handle this one because it happens all the time. Window shopping happens all the time because attention feels good and that's totally allowed. Like we're allowed to feel good when we receive attention. Um, but I have some concerns about the kind of attention we are getting from window shoppers. So my first bone to pick with this kind of attention um, is that it's not enough. It is barely anything. Somebody viewing an Instagram story of yours, someone liking an Instagram post of yours, someone liking a tweet of yours, that's barely anything. They have barely lifted a thumb, literally, to give you that tiny scrap of attention. And um, I personally find it degrading. I don't, you don't have to, but I find it degrading that somebody that could have had something real with me, could have built a real relationship with me because I was interested in them. Remember, that's how we got connected in the first place. Um, they didn't want that. And I did. But somehow they still want to view my Instagram stories and still want to follow me on social media and still want to have access to me and follow along in my life. Um, they don't get to do that. They don't get to give me scraps of attention. I do not consent to getting scraps of attention. So I block these people because in my opinion, if there's somebody that I'm interested in that I want something real with, I want something real or nothing. I don't want to settle for tiny little scraps. And I'm sorry if you guys can hear some noise in the background, but I think the recycling is being taken out in my hallway right now. The glamour of podcasting. I know you guys don't mind. You're amazing. Um, so 
I don't like settling for scraps. I don't like anyone in the single space, particularly single women settling for scraps, uh, because we deserve so much more than that. And um, we haven't been trained really to tell ourselves that we deserve more than that. We've been told just the opposite. We've been told to take what we can get. We've been told to be extremely lucky anytime we get an ounce of attention or um, anytime we like have one on the hook. Like we're taught to just be really grateful for whatever we can get. And honestly, fuck that. I think we deserve so much more than whatever we can get. And if whatever we can get is a window shopper viewing our lives from a safe distance, uh, that needs to go. It just needs to go. It's not enough for me. And I don't think it should be enough for anyone single who, who views window shopping as like a morsel of attention. I don't like when that tiny morsel is enough for us to allow it to happen. It, I, I hate it. And any, if any of this is making you mad, by the way, fine, that's okay with me because this is the truth that I want to tell because I've seen too many women and I've interacted with too many women who feel so low in the dating space and so low in the single space and they don't deserve to, but things like window shoppers, they reinforce that low self-worth, that low mood because they're just giving scraps of attention. And that's all it ever is. It's never anything real. It's never anything more It's just like a tiny little morsel of like, oh, he looked at my Instagram story. What is that? What is that? Is that enough for you? It's not enough for me. And I find it insulting that somebody wants to watch my Instagram stories, but doesn't want to have a real relationship with me or have real communications with me. I find that to be particularly insulting. So I block them. The other way that I don't like what window shopper attention does or, or the effect that it has. Um, there is, in my opinion, a misguided idea that you are one post away from turning a window shopper into your boyfriend. Again, I'm getting into some real shit today and some real moods. And if they're hard to hear, you have my, my empathy and my heart is with you, but I'm not going to not tell the truth because I don't think that skipping this stuff does us any favors. You are not one post away from turning a window shopper into your boyfriend. That's just not how things work. And also ask yourself if it was how things worked, is that enough for you? Do you want a relationship to start because you posted something on Instagram? Does that feel like enough? It just, it feels, it doesn't feel like enough for me. It feels like settling for me. It feels like we are just out there in the world creating things as bait or as enticements to to change someone's mind about us. That's so weird. They already met you. They already knew you. And they already decided they didn't want anything real with you. And in my opinion, that should therefore mean that they don't get access to your life via social media. That's my opinion. And I say this to you, not as like punishment or scolding. I say this because it feels so much better to block window shoppers and then live on the other side of that without their window shopping scraps of attention, without giving them any of your mental real estate anymore, because you never see them show up in your who viewed my stories list again. They just stop being a part of your mental space 
And it's very freeing. It's, it makes room for other things. It just feels like weight has been lifted. It really does. It, it, you wouldn't think that it, w- it would because window shopping is attention. But when you remove these little scraps of attention that you deserve so much more than, you really do lift your mood. You lift your self-worth. You show yourself that you can block window shoppers and the world's not going to end after. You can block window shoppers and you're still the same single afterward as you were before. It's, it doesn't have any effect on you and your single status. They weren't going to anyway. They're just window shoppers. They're a waste of time. They're a waste of your mental headspace. And in my opinion, somebody who, you know, met you, went on a date with you, had access to you and decided, nah, not for me. That person doesn't get to window shop you. That's not a mood that I am here for at all. And I think, and I know that single people deserve a lot more self-worth than what we have when we allow people to window shop us. And we allow ourselves to accept window shopping as enough as enough of a relationship, as enough attention, uh, because it's not. So I hate window shopping in case you haven't been able to gather that information from the last 15 minutes or so of me ranting. Um, I think we deserve more. And I think window shopping is a version of settling that I don't like for us. And that is what I have to say about that. So the next thing I want to talk about, I don't really have like a catchphrase for it. It's more of a feeling and an idea that I've had for a very long time that I've been working on for a very long time. Um, and the closest thing I can come to naming it is just a sense of wrongness. I don't know if you guys have ever felt this sense of wrongness that can settle over the top of a single woman that just sets and stays there and for the duration of singlehood can feel like I am wrong. I am doing something wrong by being single. I am wrong because no one wants to be with me. You know what I mean? Like the sense of I'm wrong. And you can attribute that wrongness to anything. It can be the way you look, your personality, what you do for a living, what you don't do for a living, anything. Wrongness can be stuck to any part of us. And I want to talk about wrongness because the way that I overcame my wrongness, and I use the term overcame very loosely because my wrongness comes back all the damn time. It's the thing I have to work on the most. Um, Shit like window shoppers, I'm well past it, like block, move on, done. But wrongness sticks around a lot easier. And it's probably because it's an internal thing, not an external thing. And I find that the internal stuff is sometimes a lot harder to uh, move past. But uh, wrongness is like, what do I want to say? I want to say the way that, that I have at least started to overcome it is kind of weird. Like I simply got tired of feeling wrong all the time. I got exhausted with my own sense of wrongness. I got exhausted always feeling like I looked wrong, like I wasn't pretty enough or skinny enough or stylish enough or whatever it is. And that's some real shit, by the way. And it comes back all the time. But I just got so tired of feeling that way all the time. I just got exhausted with feeling wrong. And 
as soon as I felt that exhaustion, I was just like, well, I'm doing this to myself. Like I'm exhausting myself and I don't have to. And realizing how tired I was of always feeling wrong is how I started to let go of it because I recognized that I didn't deserve to always feel wrong just because I'm a human being of value of worth. And I don't deserve to feel wrong all the time. That's one component. But the other component is factually, I am not wrong. The way I am, the way I exist is not wrong by virtue of the fact that it is how I am. We don't inherently have to change anything about us to become more lovable or more wantable or more desirable or whatever the fuck you want to call it. We don't have to change anything in order to have the relationships we want, either with ourselves or with another human being. We don't have to change. It's a really simple concept, but why is it so hard to retrain our brains around it? It's probably because we see other people who are right as we determine them to be have relationships, getting married, engaged, pregnant, whatever it is, we see people that we think are more right than we are doing the things that we think our wrongness is preventing us from doing. And it just reinforces over and over and over and over again until our wrongness is really, really well baked into us. And I don't think that that's fair. I don't think that it's fair for me. And I don't think that it's fair for you. And just like I tell you all the time to try to start listening to the people, to listening to the stories of how people met as ways to expand your mind to all the different ways that it's possible for people to meet, um, go a little bit deeper than that and look at the people who met each other and look at how they weren't more right than you. They weren't more perfect than you, whatever you deem perfect to be. They weren't. They were simply themselves and they fell in love. That's it. And if it can happen to them, it can happen to you. It can happen to anyone. We're alive. And I don't think that being alive can be inherently wrong. However we are, we are. And we deserve all the things that we want, all the love that we want, all the relationships that we want, all the single confidence and and security and worth that we want also. This isn't always just about finding somebody or, or being in a relationship or, or deserving a relationship. We also just deserve to like who we are while we're still single. So the closest I can come to describing it is wrongness. And the way that I've moved past my own sense of wrongness is absolute utter exhaustion with feeling wrong all the time. And I've learned to let it go. It's almost like you're holding on to this like balloon that's tied around your wrist and you have to carry it with you everywhere you go. And it's just always this burden. It's always there and you can't get rid of it, but then you can just untie the thing. (laughs) You can just untie it and let it float away. And it's, I know I'm making it sound overly simple, but practicing letting go of even one small thing that you think is wrong, just practicing and showing yourself how much better it feels to think of that trait about you as completely right. Even just to tell yourself that it's completely right and it's completely allowed, that kind of practice over time helps you feel so much better and helps you get a lot more adept at seeing bigger things that you thought were wrong as right. And 
it's a, I know it's a very black and white way to look at things wrong or right. It's very simplistic, but, um, I don't care if it works for single people. I don't care <laughs> what it sounds like. There haven't been, uh, very many good narratives for us ever created. So even if mine sound a little simple, I don't care because I'm putting work behind them and I'm putting passion behind them because they matter to me. Changing our narratives matters to me and making us feel better and making us feel like we have worth and are worthy, whether we're single or partnered, uh, that matters a lot to me. And I think about wrongness all the time. I think about how frustrated I am with not feeling comfortable and confident in my own skin all the time. I'm a lot better at it than I used to be. I'll say that. I'm a lot better at self-acceptance and not just acceptance, but like loving the things that I used to think were wrong. I'm a lot better at finding joy in those things and finding pride in those things and no longer seeing them as something that's wrong. Um, and another, another way to do it, another little trick, if it helps, I don't know if it will, um, think about if you had to put in the effort to change this thing that's inherent about you that you think is wrong, if you had to change that thing and work to change that thing, and that effort was what drew someone to you, if that change was why they wanted to be with you, you would have to change that thing forever and ever and ever. And that sounds exhausting. All of this shit sounds like it makes me tired. Feeling wrong makes me tired. The idea of changing myself to somehow make myself more desirable makes me tired. Not seeing myself as inherently lovable and desirable and amazing today, right now, not having that self-love and self-acceptance, that makes me tired. And I don't want to be tired. I want to have energy. I want to put my energy into better shit like this, like writing, like having friendships and family and travel maybe sometime in the future. I don't know. Um, I don't want to waste my energy on my wrongness. And I don't want you to either. Um, there is really something to be said for just trusting your own lovability. And hopefully that trust can come from understanding that you're here on earth and that's all you have to do to be lovable. I hope I'm being coherent in describing these concepts that swirl around in my brain. Again, I've had very little sleep and an overwhelming amount of joy. So I hope that I'm making sense and also being helpful. Um, if not, give me your feedback and I'll work on it. Um, there's just, there's wasted time in seeing ourselves as wrong in seeing ourselves as in need of fixing or repair in order to somehow be worthy of love. Um, because we're worthy of it right now, right this second. And if you need reminding, listen to this again. I will listen to this again because sometimes I need reminding. Um, but wrongness is a big one that I I feel like I've touched on in the past a little bit, but I don't know that I've ever really gotten into like the guts of it. Like it is exhausting to always feel like you're doing something wrong, to always feel like you are wrong. And it's exhausting enough with just the outside influences that think you're missing something because you're single. But then when you pile on the stuff that we tell ourselves and the shit that's going on inside our own brain, like I don't look the right way to be loved. I don't act the right way to be loved. I'm not smart enough to be loved. I'm not successful enough to be loved or whatever the fuck it is. Thinking that we're wrong, giving ourselves narratives of wrongness, especially when like, 
partnered people aren't perfect, not by a mile. Um, it's just a waste. It's a waste of energy and it's a waste of time. And again, not accusing or scolding, just saying that there's another way to think about it. There is, um, there's like freedom in getting exhausted with feeling wrong all the time and, and letting it go. Just like letting your own wrongness go. There's so much freedom in it. Um, I certainly hope that you feel more freedom in letting go of whatever you think is wrong. Because if it's, a st- especially if it's a story that you're telling yourself, you don't have to, you don't have to not like a thing about yourself that you think is preventing you from partnership. And you can look at any number of partnered people on the entire planet to reiterate to yourself that every version of person is lovable and is perfectly capable of finding partnership or perfectly capable of finding complete happiness single. Both of those things are possible. Remind yourself by looking around you at people you know, at famous people. I don't care if you have to use fictional characters. I don't give a shit. Just remind yourself that every way people exist, people are loved. And we don't have to waste our time thinking that we have to conform into one kind of person in order to be worthy of love or to receive it. Because making those changes, if that's what drew someone to you, you'd have to make that change forever. And it wouldn't really be who you are. And I don't know that I would ever want to be with somebody who wanted to be with me because of me pretending to be someone I wasn't. In fact, I know I wouldn't. That would suck. So maybe just let it go. Maybe stop. Let me know though. If, if you want me to get more into wrongness, let me know. And I, and I will do more discussion about this because I think our wrongness is a really, really big topic that I'm not going to fully address in one podcast episode, but it is something that's important to me because I've walked around for so many years, like 38 of them thinking that I was wrong, whether I was picking up outside messages or just telling myself something or seeing other people that I admired and wanted to be like, and recognizing that I wasn't anything like them and then therefore feeling lacking and wrong. I've done that a lot and I do it so much less now. And it just feels a whole lot better to be a person without so much wrongness happening inside my head. Okay. And then the last concept that I want to discuss today, um, I know I've done like a lot of heavy shit in this episode so far. This is what happens when you leave me alone. This is what happens when I don't have a guest. I get into really heavy shit on a Sunday morning, the day after Biden was elected president. This is what happens. Anyway, I want to talk about, um, I want to talk about a moment of loneliness. I don't do this very often, but last night, um, as I was walking home by myself, you know, from dancing in the street in celebration, um, it was a very, very lonely moment. It was like an elated moment because I was so happy about the election result. But on the other hand, it was just a very lonely moment. Like I hadn't felt in such a long time, um, because I did want someone to be there to celebrate with, And, um, I had just separated from my friends and I was walking home by myself and I just for a second, I got really mad. I was like, are you fucking kidding? Am I really walking home alone again? 13 years of walking home alone. And the night that Biden was elected president, I was also walking home alone And I just had a moment of anger and a moment of loneliness and honestly, like, fuck my own anger and loneliness because nothing can ruin yesterday for me. Nothing, not even a moment of sadness. Like it it couldn't touch it, but it did come up. 
And so I wanted to talk about it with you uh, because I don't want anyone that listens to my work or reads my work to think that I don't have these moments because I do. They're superhuman and natural and, and that's okay. Um, but I can't sit with them and not try to reframe them because I don't like to settle for feelings where I'm like thinking I'm lacking something. I just don't like to leave them there. I don't like to do nothing about them. And maybe that's me just being like, way too controlling over my own feelings. I don't know. Quite frankly, I don't care. This is my podcast. I can talk about what I want, but I, um, I don't like to do nothing about it. I like to reframe where I can. And honestly, you can pretty much reframe anything. Um, so I was walking home, sad, lonely, pissed, angry on one hand, elated on the other hand. Um, and I was also in my headphones listening to Whitney Houston sing the Star Spangled Banner. And if you haven't done it yet, please do yourself the favor and listen to the treat that is Whitney Houston singing the Star Spangled Banner at the Super Bowl many, many years ago. It's outstanding. It's on Spotify. I'll link to it below, obviously. Um, but the thing that I used to reframe those feelings. And I did it in the moment, by the way. So it's not like I had to like come back to this feeling later. I was able to to reframe it really quickly. And I hope that you are as well, which is why I'm talking to you about it now. Um, I remembered while I was walking home by myself again, that I am lucky. I was really lucky in that moment. And, and several like men that I've dated or been with or whatever, several of them popped through my head, almost like a slot machine, like, like rolling them through my brain. I was reminded of how lucky I am that I wasn't walking home with any of them, that I wasn't walking home with somebody who was the wrong person for me. And in that moment, I felt really protected. I felt like life or the universe, what whoever you think is in charge I felt that I had been protected by not being with any of them, by not settling for any of them, by not forcing my way into a relationship that wasn't right for me. I felt like life itself had been protecting me from the wrong relationships. And I felt better. I felt really comforted and really lucky. And I hope that you can as well. I know it's it's hard. It's like a, it's a tough reframing anything in the single space is really tough because we haven't been taught to. All we've ever been taught to do is just pursue, 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 find a relationship at all costs, like just find somebody. That's that's all that's ever reiterated to us, even if it's not said directly to us. It's shown to us over and over again in every happy ending with happiness being defined as there's a couple at the end, people are in love at the end, people are married at the end, girl gets guy at the end, guy gets girl at the end, guy gets guy at the end, girl gets girl at the end, like all of it. That's what we're shown over and over again, that the definition of happiness is partnership and love. And that's wonderful, by the way, partnership and love are amazing. But what if you're one of us that hasn't found it in 13 years or however many? What if you're one of the ones who hasn't found it yet? We still get to feel good too. And we're going to have to reframe narratives for ourselves in order to do that. Because at least for now, nobody's giving us any help. I mean, I do have dreams of 
Netflix calling me up and saying, Hey, do you want to tell stories about single women that don't make them feel like shit? And I'll say, yes, Netflix. I'd love to do that. Thank you so much for calling until that happens. And by the way, if you work for Netflix, get on the fucking horn. Um, until that happens, we're going to have to do it for ourselves. And there's nothing wrong with that. I don't mind doing that. I like reframing negative narratives around being single. I have made a career out of it. In fact, um, it feels better. It feels better to think about the things and situations and stories we've been told from another angle. That is our option. You are allowed to think about any component of being single from another angle. And it doesn't always have to be these really big, heavy things. And I know I've I've gotten into several of them in this episode. And um, I'm not scared of the heavy things, but I know that the little ones are how we practice. So I'll give you one. Um, sleeping alone. Not everybody likes to sleep alone. Some people want the comfort and companionship of someone next to them. And you can get really focused on the fact that you're sleeping alone all the time. Um, the reframing of that is very easy. It's just, I get the whole bed. I don't have to worry about waking someone up. If I get up to pee in the middle of the night, I get to like roll around and change positions and not have to worry about disturbing somebody. I have the whole thing to myself. That's a reframe. That's like the simplest reframe ever. Um, if you're like sad that you eat dinner alone every night, remember that you got to pick what you're eating and what time you're eating and the mess in the kitchen was yours and no one else's. And you don't have to bitch at somebody to do dishes or whatever it is. That's like a really simplistic view of relationships. I'm sure they do more than bitch about dishes. Although if memory serves, they certainly do that too. Um, but yeah, just take like, take the little things and see them from a different angle, see them from a different perspective, a more positive one. And it's baby stepping your way to practicing feeling better about this thing about us that isn't inherently wrong, but we've never been told it isn't inherently wrong. We've only ever been told it is wrong. We've only ever been told you are missing something if you're single. You aren't done yet if you're single. You are wrong if you're single. What is wrong with you? Why are you single? That's what we've gotten so far. And that's why I started this podcast to tell other stories, to tell better stories, and to quite frankly, tell more truth about being single, because nobody was telling the positive parts about it. And if I can tell people positive parts about it, maybe that can remove some of the fear around being single. And if you can stop being afraid of being single, I think two things can happen. One, you can just live a happier single life day to day and start to see it for all the good things about it and all the joy about it. And and maybe even think, you know, someday you might miss these things when you are in a relationship. That's, that's possible. It is possible to see this as something good, but then also if we're not afraid of being single, we won't be afraid to come back here if we need to. If we find ourselves in a relationship that isn't right for us, or if we find ourselves in a relationship that has run its course, we won't be afraid to come back here if there's nothing to fear. I really genuinely look forward to my next relationship. And last night was a reminder that I really do want one. And I'm not afraid to say that. That's not like admitting things that I'm ashamed of to this audience. I'm very upfront with you that it's possible to love being single and want a relationship at the same time. But where my concern lies is in the fear. 
in, in fearing this life, this singlehood so much that all we can focus on is changing it by finding partnership. It's a really narrow view of life. And I know that it can get so, so narrow to where you feel like all you're ever doing when you're not like working or sleeping is swiping. I know what that feels like. I hated that. And all of you know that I no longer have dating apps. I haven't had them in almost two years and they've been the best two years of my adulthood. And that is no bullshit. Um, so I, I want us to think about this single life as a positive, not in a way that's like telling ourselves a fake story, not in a way that's lying to ourselves, just the opposite in a way that's telling ourselves the actual truth about being single. There is actual value to a single life. It isn't lacking anything. If anything, it is abundant. It is abundant in time. It is abundant in choice. It is abundant in freedom. It's abundant in so many things. And I don't want you to miss them. I don't want you to miss them because you were so focused on trying to find someone. And I say that as somebody who spent about a decade so focused on trying to find someone that she had completely lost herself. I wasn't even like seeing myself at all. And as a result, I had no self-worth and I didn't feel good at all. I felt like just wrong all the time. I felt like an unwanted, unlovable, wrong person all the time. This is a really loud siren. Hang on a second. So anyway, I don't feel that way anymore. I don't feel that low worth anymore. That that lacking feeling like I'm single and that's wrong and that's bad. And no matter what I do, I can't find a fucking boyfriend and there must be something wrong with me. And I'm so sick of doing this. Why the fuck can't I find somebody? Why is everybody else meeting somebody? Why is everyone else getting married and not me? That is no longer a part of my life at all. Even on the days where I feel lonely, even on the days where I would really like some companionship, I never see myself as that low, lacking, failing person who can't find someone anymore that is entirely gone because I have shown myself so many positive, abundant things about single life instead. And it has really made me feel better. And it's made me a lot more equipped to deal with some of the tougher feelings that pop up from time to time. So I hope that my podcast helps you feel better about being single. That's my goal for all of us is for all of us to feel better because I don't believe that we ever deserve to feel bad. And I'm sorry that societal messaging and family messaging and friend messaging and the messaging we tell ourselves, I'm sorry that all of that hasn't set us up to think very positively about being single, but I hope that this podcast is changing that. I really, really do. I'm so grateful that I had the chance to just straight up talk to you guys today. I hope you found this episode um, helpful and hopefully comforting. And if you did, you should know that I do this once a month over on my Patreon and you can sign up to become a patron. And in addition to getting one bonus episode a month, that is just me talking about all of this reframing stuff. And by the way, anything you want me to address, um, in addition to getting that bonus content, you are also telling me 
thank you. (laughs) You're also telling me that you value my work and that you want it to keep going because Patreon is how I am able to keep doing this because this is not a job that I'm paid to do. So it's like a thousand thank yous to everyone who is a patron who is going to sign up to be a patron. Uh, You are amazing and you are why I get to keep doing this work. So thank you so much. Um, I hope everybody has a wonderful, wonderful week. I have so many awesome episodes of the podcast coming up for you and uh, really good stuff planned for, for the rest of 2020. I'm really excited to share it. And um, yeah, congratulations to all of us. It's, it's a great time. It's a wonderful time. Um, So I love you guys. You're the best audience in the world. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast, for sharing it, for supporting it. You are the best and I will talk to you in a week. 